This episode is brought to you by Fleximize, a multi-award winning digital business lender dedicated to providing UK SMEs with flexible finance done properly. On April the 28th at Portman Road, you won the championship of the first division in your first season. How do you feel? I feel fine, um, and I'm delighted. I'm delighted for everyone. win the cup for the first time in their history. The flag is up for offside against Brazil and Ipswich win the Super Cup on an aggregate of five goals to four. For the area to bring success at the European level to a little market town like Ipswich, it's quite a feat. Support wide is provided by Clapham. It's Clapham's cross, it's Stewart, it's 3-1 Ipswich! And Suffolk slips the Premiership! Championship bound Ipswich Town. Welcome everybody to the official Ipswich Town podcast powered by Fleximize and to two special episodes that celebrate 145 years of our brilliant football club. Founded in 1878, Town turned professional in 1936, with success coming in 1962 as Ralph Ramsey guided his team to promotion from the second division and then the first division title in back-to-back seasons. Then came Sir Bobby Robson's side, who lifted the FA Cup in 1978 and the UEFA Cup with that 5-4 victory of AZ Alkmaar in 1981. Town also had stints in the Premier League, dining at English football's top table following promotion in 1992 and 2000. We'll also look back at a magnificent 2022-23 campaign under the stewardship of Kieran McKenna. So let's get straight to the action. I'll leave you in the company of Matt Holland, who's joined by George Burley, Brian Hamilton and Mick Stockwell for a trip down memory lane. So guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, 145th anniversary of Ipswich Town Football Club, believe it or not. You'll almost remember every year, don't you? <laughs> almost. almost. <laughs> Believe it or not, I think we, we cover 32 years between us, um, an era of 32 years, but we were all together at the club at the same time, yeah. 97, 98. Good year. good year. Good year? Very good year. I loved it. Vintage. Loved it. It was arguably, I mean, I've been very fortunate to have, over a long career, had many jobs. But I think when George asked me to come back and work with him that year, uh, it was arguably one of the best years that I can remember in my career because it wasn't the manager's job. Uh, I was happy that George was very able to do that and I was just working with the players and working with George and I would say that was, as much as I enjoyed my playing time, that year coaching and working with George and the players was fantastic. Was it your favourite year? Because you, you well, obviously were a player well, that and very was, successful. I remember that year because that was the year where I never got a word in, really. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So were you manager? <laughs> were you manager? <laughs> I, told her, I told her to shut up. Then we go on with Because I was manager. <laughs> no, I mean, there were so many great years um, over playing, um, managing. Um, you know, you get a lot of ups and downs, but there were 99% ups. And to be at a club at a time as a player, it couldn't have been any better. Uh, under Sir Bobby, under the, the quality we had in the team, you know, right through the years. I think Brian came the same year as myself yep. in 1971. Yep. And it went from there, winning FA Youth Cups, you know, 73, mm. 75. The years, you know, people talk to me, when was, you know, your, your, your most enjoyable time? You know, being an apprentice at Ipswich was incredible mm-hmm. because you know, when you're a young boy, you dream about wanting to be a professional. So, you know, you actually get a chance and you come to a club like Ipswich, a family club, under Sir Bobby, and we're such a close-knit community. You know, the players, uh, we did everything together. We scrubbed baths together, we washed toilets, we cleaned the stands, <laughs> we went out for lunch together, we came back, we were out everywhere together. So that was incredible. And we won the Nephi Cup 73, 75. It was a tremendous feat. You know, and people forget about that. And that was all down to Sir Bobby going all over Britain, picking the best young players they could, bring them to Ipswich, Having the best coaches, Cyril Lee, Bobby Ferguson, Charlie Woods, and you know, how did how did that come about though? That, that the scouting network and then going yeah. around at that time as well to go around the country and yeah. get those players. How did that 
happen? Well, it was down to hard work of Sir Bobby. He could see he didn't have any money. How are we going to make a, a top team? He couldn't buy it, so he would want to produce it. So he had you know, a chief scout called, called Ron Gray. Yeah. Ron was a big, big personality. He would go to the youngsters, to the mums and dads, and get everybody excited from it. You have regional coaches. Um, we had uh, a lad called George Finlay. He was the Scottish one. Up the northeast, um, with the boy Carruthers. So he brought it all together. Even Sir Bobby even went to my hometown in Ayrshire to watch practice games. Wow. You know, that's 400 <laughs> miles. Well, you see, I mean, it was his personality, and I agree with George. I mean, he had this uh, picture of what he wanted. But as we all know, and it hasn't changed from even from then to now, recruitment is key. Yeah. And I remember him just echoing what George said. I remember playing. Uh, we did something in, at the training ground. He said, um, I want you to come with me to Northern Ireland. I went, yeah, sure. And what he did, he was smart enough to know that I was an international player and was able to travel with him. But he was even looking at players in Northern Ireland. So what he wanted to do was sort of bring the club to them and say, look. So who did he buy, Alan Hunter? Did you, Hunter? He bought Hunter, didn't no, he? No, Hunter, Hunter, to be honest with you, you know I'm not a fan of Alan Hunter. You know, <laughs> yeah. But no, no, Alan Hunter and I are big friends. But I've got to say, and I've said this many times, and recently when Blackburn came down, because Alan came from Blackburn. Uh, George has touched on, you know, what how it all started, and and really, I think Alan Hunter was arguably one of his best signings. He was influential on the pitch, but he was also influential off the pitch. He was a, a larger than life character, and if you talk, and George can speak on him himself, but if you talk to sorry Terry or Russell or Kevin Beatty, God bless him, they will always they all tell you that Hunter was influential. And if you had Hunter one side of you and Mickey Mills the other side, I mean, you had a shed load of experience, people who could help young players, and they were very, very important at that time. But he only signed, he only signed 13 players, didn't he, mm. Bobby? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mick will tell you, you know, the way you're brought up at Ipswich, the coaching system, yeah. the way the man's, you know, standards. Yeah. Um, and... The, and we didn't sort of say, right, okay, just get on with things. You had to set a standard every day in training, you know, and match it. And you had people like Alan Hunter and Mickey Mills who were there to support you, you know. Like, you always think, you know, how, you know, how were you brought up? Yeah, we were brought up with coaches, but you're also brought up with other players with experience. Mm -hmm. And we had great pros, but if you did mess about in that training ground, <laughs> the players were on you, the coaches were on you. And Bobby Robinson was on you, you know, and I can remember things that happen if I'm out training and I have a sloppy pass or if I'm doing a, a shooting drill and I whack it over the bar, they're on you at Tunney Bricks, you know, and that was the way I was brought up and that was the way I tried to be as a manager as well. Because you've got to set standards, mm -hmm. you know, out there, doesn't matter whether it's a Saturday, every day in training, you have got to get things right. I saw you nodding, mate. I mean, you obviously came through yeah. the system and you, the school of hard knocks. And it, it, well, it was, players, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you was coming into a club with probably the best team. Didn't win the, the title, but probably had the best team in the country at the time. And as a young lad, the senior pros, they run pretty much the dressing room areas and everything else. And you had to tread lightly and be very polite and do your jobs and then try and learn from you know, top, top players. I mean, I think Bobby's Northern roots was the reason why we had so many, like, Scottish, mm -hmm. um, Northeastern. I mean, I was almost sort of um, an Essex boy who <laughs> should have been a local. And I, I was nominally, really, in, in the club, you know. Um, if, I, if I didn't speak quite right, Bobby Ferguson or Charlie Woods would jump on me because they thought you was a cockney and things like that. <laughs> but the standards were... High. Were high. Yep. It wasn't for everyone. I mean, it was a tough upbringing. It was. It found out who had um, a toughness, the right character, had a character. Yeah, it did. And, but I think um, it's also. I think it's also the moments in time. You know, when I think back over the years, there's moments in time where you think things come together, and it happened for George with uh, with your group, Matt, and it also happened for Bobby Robson with the group that we've spoken about. And I've told the story so many times, 
But I do think it was absolutely crucial for Ipswich Town and Bobby Robson's career at that time. Because he had come into the club, he wasn't, he hadn't got a great time at Fulham, he hadn't had a great time at Vancouver. And he was coming in here, and this was looked upon as a very good club, but a bit remote from the, the, your Arsenal's and Tottenham's and all the rest of it. But I remember the season we arrived, George, and it was indifferent. And we didn't do fantastic. We did okay, but we didn't do fantastic. And the pre-season was ordinary, was very ordinary. And we came back and he had signed uh, Saint Allen. Kevin Beatty was emerging. George Burley was emerging. There was, a, as George spoke about, the young players coming through. And there was a coming together of that group. And we had a, a pre-season, which was just okay. We'd got, I think we'd gone to Millwall and drawn, hadn't played very well. So people weren't expecting great things from us, per se, for the whole season. And our first game was against Manchester United at Old Trafford. And of course, no matter whether they were, you know, they were still always a fantastic side with Law, Charlton, Best, and, and just old, the atmosphere at Old Trafford. So nobody expected us to do anything. And we went up there, and as George was saying, there was, there was a coming together of a group of people who you just felt that this might happen, you know, with a little addition uh -huh. here and there. And um, we won the game 2-1, and we, we deserved to win it. Trevor Weimark, who was a you know, fantastic player, maybe didn't get the credit he got, or he deserved from the supporters, from us, he was an amazing player. An amazing player, an amazing professional. And we won the game 2-1. And then when we came back, we won, I think we won the next game and the next game. So all of a sudden, there was a, a, you know, a momentum building within the group. David Johnson had arrived. Uh, and we had got Pace, we'd got Beatty, we'd got Burley, we'd got Hamilton, we'd got Hunter in the squad. I, I aided and abetted by the people who were established, like Colin, Bill John, uh, Mickey Mills. You know, there was, a, there was that happening. Yeah. And that season started to take off, and we went on to bigger and better things. And, and I always say that that was the start. You know, he'd been here a season. He had sorely laid the foundations. He had, I think he had had his troubles to get uh, one or two players out of the club and bring one or two in. But I felt at that time, that was the start of the Bobby Robson era. Yeah. And that's, the, that's for me growing up, is the, the team that I remember. Your team yeah. that, that won the FA Cup 78, won yeah. the UEFA Cup in 81. Before you signed for the club, were you aware of Ipswich Town and what it was about because Sir Alf Ramsey had won the league hadn't he in, in 62 yeah. were you aware of that or I wasn't even aware where, where Ipswich was <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it was a long way no I think um, I mean I, I think I, I came down in Easter um, and me and this boy called Kenny Taylor were the two first ever Scottish boys right. to sign and, and I think you get a feel about it but as I say it was a dream to be offered you know I, was, I played Scottish school boys I'd been I was in trial at Leeds United um, and I came down here in Easter and they offered me a contract. So it was, you know, fantastic. You weren't aware of how big Ipswich could be. You weren't even aware, coming from Scotland, where it was. <laughs> but you had the feeling. Yeah. And so Bobby was very persuasive. Ron Gray was a big personality. And it moved from there, yeah. you know, and it, and, it, and it really did. And, then, and it gave you the flavour, you know, we... We qualified for Europe in 72, and, and then it moved on, and mm. I was lucky to, you know, I was here for two years and made my debut, you know, when I was 17, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Old Trafford George against Bestie. Yeah. Yeah. So, Not you know, as easy. Yeah, well, he only not made me three times, <laughs> you know, so I had a good game. So, as I say, 72 to 82, I think it was only one year we qualified for Europe. Yeah. And people can talk about teams. But there's not many teams in England that can do that. Mm. From nothing, from no money, bringing young mm. players through, showing them mm. right ha habits. And we were renowned as a good passing team. Mm -hmm. mm. And why we were a good passing team? Because every day we used to do routines of passing drills. You know, I know David Johnson said, oh, the gaffer only does the same things every week. I thought, well, you've got to get the basics right. Well, we did, what, we did what, a passing drill every day, didn't we? What, yeah. did, what does Rory McIlroy do mm -hmm. if he plays four rounds of golf there, you know, five hours there, <laughs> he goes straight back out to well, practice hitting the ball afterwards? I always, I always you say... Get, you get the basics right and basic repetition, passing control, passing control. Even now, Morgan, Tony Mowbray come up to you saying, Vino keeps doing your passing <laughs> Yeah. Marcus Stewart says... 
gaffer. I'm still I, doing it. I still want you. So we Habits. did something right, and that's the way I was brought it up. I think I think that's an interesting thing, isn't it? In terms of the managers as well, wanting to improve the players that of they course. had as well. I, mean, I think that I always tell the story about George improving me as a player individually and you have the golf analogy didn't you you used yeah. to say to me you've got the driver you've got the three yeah, iron the four you, iron but, but you, you haven't got have the nine iron you haven't, got the, you haven't got the nine iron the sand iron or whatever the, yeah, yeah. the, the little finesse yeah, you've got your, uh, I, I was very aware of how good it switch was yeah well, when a, you arrived yeah because as a young lad I'd watch these two my dad was a carpenter he built me a stall I used to come with my dad mum brother set up my stall watch the game run the chicken run I was at Leighton Orient um, as a schoolboy, and I played at 15 for the under-18s at Leighton Orient against Ipswich. Ron Gray came up to my parents, and my dad had to try and get me released from Leighton Orient so that I could come and sign here. And I was quite a big thing at Leighton Orient, thinking about, you know, guaranteed this come in. Standards were so high, the young players were so good that you realised that you're a small fish and how hard you had to work. See, um, see the so. only thing I would say, just going on from what you're saying, and, and I hear George and he's not wrong, um, and I think it's like, and we have been managers, so we have an understanding of what you need to sort of a, make sure that you're comfortable in your job. And, and I think Bobby Robson was a very lucky manager because he had a, he had a fantastic chairman. He had a fantastic chairman, and, and, and I think that what he did, he allowed Bobby Robson to show how great he was. Because we played in the game, I don't know how he played, George, we played United, um, we lost heavily. If, if anything, it was arguably Bobby had made a mistake. Because they, they came down here, and, and it was just the game before, I think two games before, he signed Alan Hunter. And what he did, he decided that he'd go 10 against 10 and put Colin Harper on, George, well, George, as you know, I mean, could play anywhere. He could play outside right, outside left, centre forward. And Colin, lovely lad and a very good left back, that wasn't his great strength. He, that was his position. And possibly, possibly, maybe Mickey Mills would have been the better option if that was the way he wanted to go. Because George Best on the night was fantastic. I mean, fantastic. And the, the crowd here, who are always very good, I mean, we have fantastic support. They sort of were a little bit restless, and they, they, you know, they made it uh, known that they weren't happy. And the next day, and this story, is, I mean, has been led to me by Pat, who we know is very close to Bobby. That Mr. John decided, asked Bobby, could he come and see him the next morning? Well, we know if you've lost heavily, the performance isn't great, and the crowd are unhappy. It's not a great sign. But the story goes that Mr. John said. To Bobby Robson, will you be in the next morning? And he said, of course. And so he said, I'll, I'll come and see you. And he came in, and again, it's, it's been relayed that he actually apologised to Bobby for you know, the way he was treated. Occurred. And, and uh, he offered him another contract. Uh -huh. And I think for any manager, and I've been in this situation, that if you have got that support... What were your days? Yeah, but I mean, that support doesn't happen anymore. That's the reality yeah, yeah, of, of football. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. whether that you know. I don't think it's a good thing, but that's the reality. Everybody wants instant success, and as a manager, if you don't get it, you know what's going to happen. You know, you know, you don't get the cobalts anymore. What are your dealings with the cobalts? What were they like? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we, we know Philip they, they they were the old school where a manager was a manager. These days, it's not always the case. A manager picks every player they wants into there, or, or, or talks about his contract, or does that. They let Bobby do everything. Bobby did everything at this club. Picked the grass seed actually for the groundsman, and that was there with the washer ladies, and he did everything, you know. And he was—he probably left about half past eight at night, you know. He was doing things. He was always first here, last to leave. But that that has changed a bit. But well, uh, right, Brian's right. Yeah. If you could get that, yeah. but that's not possible. But, but I think we're talking about really Ipswich Town Football Club. Yeah. And what number is it? One hundred and forty-five. One hundred and forty-five. Now, there's been so many things taking place, and George mentioned that you asked a question about Sir Alf Ramsey, Alf Ramsey's era, and they did fantastically well for a small club like that to win the the first division was outstanding. And one of the, the pleasing things for me was, as you know, 
our former players association strong mm -hmm. and we uh we run the hall of fame uh which is annually and everybody joins in it's very it's very well thought about and i thought it was amazing that the likes of george burley and mickey stockwell and myself and yourself included were able to honor those guys because i thought when having met them they were fantastic men you yeah. know ted and ray and johnny moran and Larry Carberry, and, and, and I think that if we are celebrating the, the years of Ipswich Town Football Club, I think you, you've got to speak about that period. Brian, there's no better man than you, because you're the, you're the oldest, so you can, you can speak more about it than <laughs> well, me. I've got to say, somebody yeah. else who, who picked this football club up when it was at a very low ebb was John Lyle. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. were in a right mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, no disrespect to John Duncan, but it didn't go well. And the, the football club, had very little in the way of players or and within two years mm. that man came in and turned it right around and and brought in players like Tariko and and, and, well, you, and you see, George afterwards yeah as foundation to actually move on from you've seen it quite a few of the years though, yeah. you came in 85 so you'd have played with Butch yeah Russell Osman I didn't play with Russell played with Butch, Butch yeah and then obviously and, promoted first season in the Premier League as well didn't you yeah so first yeah. season in the Premier League then promoted again with us in yeah, 2000, 2000 as well. Yeah, so you've yeah. seen it quite it's, it's, it's seen a lot of changes and, yeah. and, and lucky enough to play under, uh, you know, two top managers, George and John Lyle, yeah. for me, were, were top managers. But John What, what came, made John Lyle such a good manager, Mick? What was his great strengths? Uh, he had an aura about him. He, he was a... A people's person. He treated you like a man, mm -hmm. you know, really uh, respectful, but tough. Mm -hmm. If you anyone was out of line, great football knowledge. You know, I can remember Sam Allardyce saying there was wasn't a West Ham way. Well, John came in and, and <laughs> literally after you know John Duncan, we were playing half term and all this sort of stuff. And and within two years, we'd won what is now the championship yeah. to go into the Premier League. And I think after that, John decided he moved upstairs and I think he'd shown people what he could do. And he, it, But he was, at that point in Ipswich Town's history, he was needed. It was vital, yeah. He was vital because he took the club, we were, you know, and at that time, halfway down what would be the championship now was... No, we've just seen we've just seen it now, really, yeah. haven't we? The, yeah. the, the depths that the club have been in yeah. recent times, yeah. and, yeah. and you're talking about in League One, and and then obviously yeah. the new ownership and, the, and, and Kieran and, coming and to in. To be now. fair, it was a little bit like what's going on with Kieran now. Yeah. So one person comes in and lifts it, and then you know there was a basis of some decent players, and then George came in and he was able to put his stamp on it and bring in his players and the mm. likes of yourself, and we had young players coming through as well. And it, and it started to feel like Ipswich Town. Yeah. yeah. But that, so so that like Ipswich Town, what, when, when you say like Ipswich Town, what is Ipswich Town then? What, what would you, how would you describe it? So if someone came down from Mars now, landed there, talking Ipswich Town, what, how would you describe yeah. it? I, I would call it a family club. I would call it a club where they want to invest in youngsters. They want um, people to um, improve themselves uh, with the basic um, attacking, passing football, which excites the fans. Where they want them to be successful um, and they want to, them to treat the fans and the players and everybody well, mm -hmm. you know? And that was the way I was brought up for a 15 year old and that was passed on to, you know, Mickey there, Brian was there, you were there. And that is what you try and pass on. You know, so you're trying to get gain success. You can say it's Ipswich where that, but been brought up with exciting passing football, which brings you results and then looks after people and, bring, and puts bums in seats and puts smiles in the, in the face, which we're getting at the moment. Yeah. Even though now a lot of the players haven't come through the youth system, there is a lot of youth. We're going back to young players, mm -hmm. aren't we? If you look at the Broadheads and the Clarks and the Hutchinsons, and they're starting to give young players opportunity to yeah. play. I mean, I think the worst thing in the last 10 years that's happened when they stopped 
the sort of foundation, the community yeah. project. And that, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that happened. But all that's gone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can't look back. And I think you'll gradually see more youngsters coming through the yeah. youth policy, mm-hmm. more coming through the academy. I see it with my grandkids coming mm-hmm. training here. There's a little bit of spark about them. Ipswich are now are looking at players. They're not going to Norwich. There's, they were yeah. five or six years mm-hmm. ago. They want to come to Ipswich. So I think in the next few years, you'll see the regeneration again of youngsters coming through well, you walk, the policy. you walk through town now, you just see Ipswich shirts. Sure, sure. You, everyone's in an Ipswich shirt, yeah, which, yeah. which actually, wasn't the case. Simon Milton and I spoke with that on Saturday, just sitting watching the crowd and the number of actual Ipswich shirts, the orange, the blue, the, the different colours, yeah. I mean, really red around the whole stadium, which was fantastic. But, I mean, to be honest with you, George has touched on so many parts of it there. And Ipswich Town are a special club. And, I mean, having been a player and a coach here, and I think having worked, behind the scenes as well, you realise how important, you know, Ipswich is to the county of Suffolk. Uh-huh. You know, it's unique that way because there's not many clubs are the only club in the whole of the county. So without being disrespectful to the rugby and the cricket and all the rest of it, they've got teams, but the football club were always looked upon as the special, special one. And I just think that over that period in time and going back again to what Alf Ramsey did with his group of players, it laid a little bit of a foundation and gave it a bit of status with regards to what, what could be achieved at a small club. Then there was different years went on and things didn't materialise. The back the backroom staff with regards to the boardroom and all the rest, it didn't really change over the years. I don't think, George, but the Cobalts were in, 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 in place for Ralph Ramsey and all the rest of it, weren't they? Yeah, and then it moved on to... John Kerr, yeah, and David Cheekshanks, you know, yeah. So that's the way it was, you know, local people. Yeah. Now it's not local people uh, who own the club or develop it, but they're trying to do it along the, the same lines. Yeah. You know, with the community and, at the heart of it. I mean, I've been back living in it for ten years now, but it's only been the last couple of years when you're walking the dog through the park and Mickey lives local as well. That you know, people want to talk about football. Mm, yeah. People want to say, yeah, she's are doing well. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, where in the last few years it yeah. wasn't the case. Yeah. So about town, about Ipswich, there is a feel-good factor where you know, and it's showed by. I can't believe the crowds that are coming now. Yeah. You look, there's so many. Where did all the supporters yeah. come from? But there's a but, big, a yeah. big pool from outside. Of I was actually going to say that to you. What, what you have noticed in town, because as you know, I come in by train and do all yeah. that. And there all is, the without doubt, an evidence that blue shirts are coming on the train more often. There's more of them. And I think also what has been created has been built around the club. Because as we all know, everything starts at two o'clock, doesn't it? Really getting your programme, getting in the match. But now people seem to be coming earlier. And there's so much on offer. You know, I look out at our training Fans ground. Are. And <laughs> the training ground. ground. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> I'll tell you about the training ground. Me, me and Richard Moore went to Barcelona yeah. um, because Astro pitches weren't developed there. And Barcelona's reserves played outside the stadium in an Astro pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought, well, that was with one pitch for three teams with Sir Bobby. We didn't have any, any other training <laughs> facilities. One pitch. And we thought, well, we need a pitch where it can play, you know, 12 months a year and whatever. Okay. So we looked at it, looked good. So we brought it here. Then when I brought it here, we placed it there. Players didn't want to play in it. Oh, hurt my calf, hurt my groin, my knees too sore. So virtually we put it there and nobody's playing in it. And then now they've developed it. And it's been really good for youngsters and for pre-match for all the spectators. Well, I, th- I think it's a combination of a lot of things because I was, I was smiling with Matt. He was showing me around... Uh, where the different studios are at the ground, the developments behind us. And George, we remember when that gymnasium came for us, how good that was. George oh, Burdell, remember we were outside underneath the, the stand, wet, cold, snowed a lot, doing calves, doing stretches, head yeah. tennis. You had to be in early to get on a head tennis court. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest with you, now when I look at it, you took over our training ground with the uh, with all the outside Fans activities on, yeah. and you took over our indoor arena with but your we, studio. We've not got a bad training ground <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> well, so yeah. that's, and, and that's potentially going to be developed but as how, well. How Bobby Robson place. managed to do it. <laughs> Team that played in Europe for on one you know, pitch. T- 10 years. Yeah. One pitch for the reserves, youth team. Sometimes we walked across to the park and be success. 
Funding your business doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take weeks. It doesn't need to involve your bank. At Fleximize, we believe there's a different way to do things. We take the hassle out of finance, so you can get on with what you do best, running your business. Think of us as your trusty sidekick with the power to boost your business with fast, flexible loans built for you. Visit us at Fleximize.com or call our Ipswich office on 01473 208 108. Fleximize. Business finance done properly. So we're in, we're in the boardroom. I mean, this is, this is a special place in itself. But Portman Road, your first memories of Portman Road, when you came in, what age were you when you said you came? I was 15. 15. Walking oh. up to the club, seeing the ground. <laughs> What's your first oh, memory? Oh, I don't know. Um, what do you think of it, the place? I think I was 15 the 3rd of June, and I came here on the bit 26th of June. So I was a 15-year-old all the way from Scotland. So it was... Um, it was a, a hard experience to be away from home, but um, I had another Scottish boy to keep me company, which helped me. And it did take me time to settle down. Yeah. Uh, but football kept you saying, yeah, I'm enjoying this because I enjoy playing football. But it wasn't, it's not an easy thing leaving home at 15. Yeah. And it wasn't. My mum and dad were, well, you know, do you really want to leave? So, you know, I thought, yeah, I've always wanted to be a footballer. I've been given the chance. No matter what, I'm going to go for it. So it, was, it wasn't a great experience, to be honest, because you get homesick and you're speaking to your mum and your dad and, you know, and I think I got an injury after a few months and I broke a toe. So it wasn't easy, but just wanting to be a footballer so much, it just brushed aside of actually uh, leaving home at 15. Yeah. Had you been before? Had you been to Port Road? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I mean... Um... I came from quite an early age, sort of, I don't know, six, seven, to watch games with me mum and Did dad. Did you? Yeah. Were you an Ipswich fan then? Not not massively, but where we were situated in Essex, Chelmsford, you either drove to Ipswich or to watch Ham, game, or you've got to go to West Ham. Yeah. And a much harder drive into London to watch and what it was. But yeah, we became like regular goers and regular Ipswich fans. I mean, I was here when, I think it was Leeds, was it? When the massive crowd, and they literally mm. lifted yeah. us little. Yeah. That's still the highest that wasn't ever last crowd. year. Us Littlands over the, over the top, and we sat all around the... Around 38,000. 38,000 were there on that day. And you were here? I, I was one of the ones that got lifted over. <laughs> well, I, I was only 22 at the time. I think, to be honest with you... Must, have, must have been a strong person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, when you look at the ground, I mean, it was... It, it was a different little stadium. It was neat. It was it's tiny. It's now. Yeah. Well, well, there was a the new stand right? just built. The the new stand had just been built, and you felt that there was something happening. And there was no doubt about it that uh, when you came into the club and you you met the manager, the manager was key. You mean George is right, but I mean I I smile when I tell the story because I do think that Bobby Robson did a fantastic job, and and I think. <laughs> I was in with uh, the manager speaking about this and that and terms and would you sign, would you not sign, whatever. And I eventually said, yeah, it was, that. It was always going to come, but that was it. So I said, would you mind if I you know, could use a phone? I just want to tell my parents. I don't want them hearing on the radio that I was going to do that. So I, went, <laughs> I walked down the corridor and there's a man sitting. And he's, I think it was a lollipop or an ice cream. I think it was a lollipop he was eating. And uh, he was very jolly. Very jolly, lovely man. And he said, chat, 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 you're coming, you're doing. I said, yes, yes. He said, do you want to lick him a lollipop? And I went, no, I'm okay, thanks very much. I'm just going to make a call and then I'll come back. How old were you at this time? Well, I was 24. So I was a mature player then. But it was one of those things, when I went back in to talk to Bobby Robson, he said, yes, you've done this, you've done that, you've done the other thing, and the chairman's coming to meet you. And I said, okay. I said, I met an, a very nice man outside and he was, I think it was a lollipop he was eating and he offered me a lick of his lollipop. And Bobby Robson just smiled and he went, that's the chairman. <laughs> Seriously? That was Mr. John. Wow. But, but I'm, a, I'm a Mr. John fan. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say. Because I, I haven't been in management and if you get the support of someone like that, then I do feel that they set the tone of the club. Yeah. 
And that was the thing. And, and there's so many stories. I mean, George can tell you more about it than me with regards to the boardroom. And, you know, the, we're, we're, no, no crisis here unless we're running out of white wine. You know, all these things have been said and been carried through over the years. But that was the way they ran the football club. And the people about it, George has mentioned, you know, different people. You look at Pat Godbo. Yeah. I mean, when, when we arrived, there was Wally Gray, the secretary, David Rose's assistant, and Pat, who was everything. And that was the, that was the, the backbone of running this football club. Mm -hmm. After that, you moved on to the playing end. And, and so there was something special about the football club. People wanted to be here. People made you feel special, made you feel important. And I think when we played in matches where the crowds were, the crowds were phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you taught them in Arsenal and we're all coming. And this was special for Ipswich to play these clubs. But it wasn't just any one thing specifically. It was the whole area, the club, the people belonging to it, the people around it made it a special place. I remember coming to Bournemouth to sign me. Yeah. Because well, we played you in the cup, cup here, yeah, didn't we, yeah, the yeah. season before. So I'd been to Portman Road and played here at yeah. Portman Road, and I thought, wow, this is this is a proper place. This is, you know, and obviously you've been well in them two games. I must have done. Yeah, that, I must have done. Must have been I must have done. <laughs> but, but we, uh, yeah, I know. And uh, but obviously coming here, it was a step up from Bournemouth. Yeah. I was in League One at the time. This was a Championship club fighting for the playoffs because you'd just been in the playoffs. I think yeah. Sheffield United, didn't you? you got beat by Sheffield United in the semis the, yeah. that season. Yeah. Um, but you didn't have to do too much convincing. But I was. Desperate yeah. to come, really. Mm. I, I think in my time as a manager here, you know, we had you know, a, a Charlie Woodsy scout, um, Colin Suggett. So that, I remember coming to watch you. Because when you're playing against players, you don't actually concentrate too much. You might yeah, think, well, you know. So me and Charlie went to Bournemouth, and I think you were captain. Yeah. And then there was talk about you going and people seeing me and they didn't want me to come <laughs> and sit down because of speculation in the paper because they love Mac. Yes. You know, you know. After being at uh, West Ham, yeah. I mean, where he maybe. Do you remember what we? I played against you in a reserve game at Colchester. Was that the one where I scored? You top scored the top corner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Layer Road. Yeah, yeah. Remember. I remember. I it. don't score too often, but that was I one remember I remember. It. Eleven you got in five hundred games here. <laughs> I've got it written down there. Yeah, but the Colchester one was a reserve. So that was a reserve game. That didn't know. count. Yeah. No, so you're always looking about for young players that may progress or young players who maybe didn't do to a, a, uh, that standard. But for me, the, 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 you know, like Bobby Figgs and what I used to say, you can tell somebody's character on the field and you can. Mm -hmm. And for me that you stood out, okay, you had your qualities, but that, that sort of standard was me was an Ipswich player, yeah. where, where he was an honest, he did everything well, there were a lot of bits and bobs, he didn't have all the clubs in the bag, you know, but it was something we could work at. So I think that's very important when you're bringing yeah. people to Characters. the club. And you, you don't always get a chance to go and watch players, but when you go and watch players, that's the sort of things that stick out. If I can just step in, I mean, George has many, many qualities, and we have all strengths and weaknesses and all the rest of it. And I thought George is one of his great strengths as spot a manager, the was spotting the player. If you I think agree. about people like David Johnson, Matt Holland, that type of thing. Mark Venus, Jim yeah, and, and, I, and I, just, I just felt that that Jimmy was Mulberry. one of his great strengths. Yeah, and I think once the names had come forward, and I always felt it was his role to go and have a look at them because I yeah. just felt that he run the eye over them. Yeah. He had a good, he could assess them and he didn't make many mistakes that no, way. I'd agree with that. Um, special nights at Portman Road. What, was your, what, what would be your... I don't know. If, if someone said to you, your greatest night at yeah. Portman Road, what would it be? Well, I think one sticks out for me was the playoffs, yeah. you know. Jim's uh, hat trick. Jim's, you know, three goals, extra time. Um, the fourth occasion we were in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, that night, I don't think you could, you know, write the story, could yeah, you? You know, as far as it went so close, we could have lost it then, we could have won it, went to extra time, players sent off, you know. Sam Allardyce still hasn't spoke to us since, I don't <laughs> think. But um, yeah, that was a special occasion because of all, all the years, you know, we, you know, like Mick says, you know, John Lowell did really well. And then when you're coming, coming in, you've got to rebuild again, you know. And then my first season, I think we, we just missed out 
by one point. I think we drew it home against Millwall. Yeah. Didn't get into playoffs. They got the seats out of the sand, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, the Millwall, Millwall fans. Because yeah, they, they went down. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. needed to win to go up and they right. needed to yeah. win to stay up. And we drew I mean, it. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that wasn't great. <laughs> and then the next four seasons um, in the playoffs, yeah. just missed out, just missed out season after season. Then the semi-final comes out here. Jim scores a hat trick. You know, it was such a great occasion. Knowing we'd got to the final, we've got to Wembley, and had a great chance to get in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, so that night, that night, that night would stick out. Yeah, me. I think that as well. I, I think Inter Milan as well. I think the Inter Milan night yes. as well was a special night because you you talked earlier about getting the club back into Europe. Yeah, I mean, the, I think when I took over, I, when they say, "Well, what what do you want to do?" and I said, "Well, yeah." We want to get, you know, do well, and we want to get back into Europe. And people said, "Yeah, we're not going to get it back into Europe," but we did. Yeah, we did, and then finishing fifth, of course, in the Premiership. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's the beliefs, and um, when you're at a club like Ipswich, you know, with their history, we need. That's where you need to be going. You need to be pushing forward. Yeah. The fans expect it. You know, we set our standards. You know, and and it's been hard in the last. Since I've been back ten years. The last two years, all of a sudden, we're playing attacking football. We're playing good passing yeah. football. The crowd have came back. There's excitement about the place. And that's what Ipswich means. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had so much success. And John Lyle had mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know, and you're Alf Ramsey, Bobby Robson. And I managed to get them into Europe. So it's a case of, can we get back there? I think with all of those teams as well, and, that, and that's reminiscent of the team that's playing now, yeah. the best teams that I played in here could all score goals. The yeah. team that won the championship and John Lyle, the teams under um, George, we could score goals. Goals from everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. You know, your full-backs are scoring yeah. goals, your midfield, your two centre-halves get a number of goals. You wasn't just relying on your strikers to score you a goal. And I see that now, yeah. and I think that, that gives you a chance in every game. What about your favourite night at Portman Road? <sighs> Because you only played six hundred and something games. Yeah, it's a difficult. <laughs> a lot to from. Yeah, it's a difficult. I mean, um, I, I played a couple of times as an emergency striker and, and scored <laughs> like a couple of goals in one, and played fullback the next week. You know, but yeah, I, I, I played here such a long time, but we had some fantastic, fantastic games, some fantastic nights. Uh, just coming so close in the playoffs, that yeah, was heartbreaking right. each yeah, year. I, I was so pleased when we actually managed to get up. Yeah. Because, you know, we should have beaten Sheffield United in that first year. We were by far the better team, and then we threw it away, didn't we? In, yeah. In, well, in Bolton, the, we, Bolton, we lost our away goals, didn't we? But in, yeah, yeah. The year before, we actually yeah. beat them. Well, Mickey Stockwell's going to well, be disappointed if I don't speak about different games. Real Madrid's coming. Well, to be honest with you, you play against Real Madrid. Did you play against Real Madrid? <laughs> Mick and I, we, we nineteen, we, what twenty? Seventy-two. <laughs> Mick and I go around and speak to many of the supporters in different rooms, and they like because there's a, a range of years, and we always talk about magical no. moments. Hold now, on, Mick. Mick you always talk about Mick, <laughs> to try and make it, very, make it very personal, and, <laughs> and, and he doesn't affect me, but he has a go at me, but. George is right about Europe and, you know, what to remember. But I still say those European nights were something very special because it was new to us all back in the 70s, you know, because we, all of a sudden we were, I know Alf Ramsey's team had a little go in Europe and it was, it was fantastic, but it wasn't what it was at that time. And then all of a sudden we were back in Europe. Like coming in Real Madrid. Well, Real Come Madrid. Come on, <laughs> let's get to it. Come on. Well, no, the, the, for me, yeah, you typify because I was a Real Madrid supporter as a boy. I mean, I can Why? remember Puskas and De Stefano and watching them winning all the European Hento. Can we remember all the names? Santa Maria. We, they were a fantastic club, and the all white. It was special. It was special. And when the draw came out and Real Madrid came out, heaven, fantastic. I was going to play against some of these players, and. But it wasn't so much, yeah, Real Madrid were special, but it was the actual night. The coming to the ground, it was always dark, mm-hmm. the lights were on. Magical with the night uh, the, the, It was, it was yeah. special. And the supporters, it was reasonably new to, well, 90% of the supporters, they hadn't tasted this European nights. And you walked in, 
whether it was European, the whatever rub they had in the dressing room, there was, a, there was a special smell about the whole thing. There was a special feeling about it all. But that one game against Real Madrid, I didn't give him the goal to Millsy, but he says it may have been class as an own goal. But I think Mickey Mills scored it. But when that ball went into the back of the net and we beat Real Madrid here at Portman Road and the atmosphere about the place, it was unreal. And then when we went across, obviously the, the second game in the Barnaby was, we weren't given much chance really. 1-0 against the Real Madrid team. But this, the spirit, the character of that team carried, uh, carried us through. And we actually won the tie 1-0. So I would think magical moments, we had many. Mick has said it, many, many. You can't remember so many, uh, all the games and all the moments in time. But the atmosphere and the European nights back in the 70s or something I'll never forget. I've got to say, the atmosphere at the moment around the ground. It I is. can't remember playing in many atmospheres sure. as good as what's going around the ground at the moment. Fantastic. I think we're yeah. all looking forward to the derby as well, aren't we? Oh, yeah. We shouldn't really mention Norwich with Brian in the room, because no, he obviously right. went and oh. left us and went over the border. He sneaked over the border, well, didn't he? Someone went over the border. <laughs> still and, over there. Well, <laughs> are you still <laughs> over there? You're still over there, right? <laughs> Sorry, are you? No, to be honest with you. No, to be honest with you. He takes his green and yellow scarf off when he comes in. I'm going to say it. Once you can send yourself up. No, I'm going to say it. I think... I love East Anglia. I think East Anglia is a wonderful area. Suffolk, I mean, did you say? Well, no, East Anglia. I do. I want Colchester to do well. Is that why you went to Norwich? <laughs> well, I didn't want it, it was one of those where, you know, I was, I was enjoying my time here and something else cropped up and that, that actually happened. So I went and it was a great experience. I don't apologise for it. They're a nice club. They're a good club. And I just feel that basically East Anglian clubs, when you get Colchester doing well, you get Norwich doing well, and you get Ipswich doing well, the place is alive. And to be honest with you, when you when you taste the atmosphere, and as Mick has said, the atmosphere around this football club now is something very special. Norwich had it a few years ago, and you just feel that it lifts the whole area. I and you're right, looking forward to the derby. They were the games I enjoyed playing in the most. Yeah. Switch Norwich games. Yeah, I, I loved it. I can't remember losing too many against Norwich. I, I only remember one. <laughs> I don't remember losing once lose in any case. But five nil, you played in the five nil. Did you play? I played in the five nil. I set up. Yeah. First two of Alex's Alex goals. Hattrick, you got Hattrick in the yeah, first half. It's the funny thing I remember. Do you remember? Took him off at half time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, did he have an injury? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But you remember the first goal? It was a throw in on the far side. Yeah. And we had worked, worked on, no, we'd worked on it on the Friday. We'd worked on the throw in on the Friday. And we'd, it was a Mickey Lambert one. You know, show it that way and then come inside. Oh, the goal now, I remember it now. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and Alex came inside. And to be fair, it was worked on. The throw in was perfect, but his finish was amazing. And that got us off to a great start. And yeah. we had worked on it on the Friday morning. To be fair, I can't, it's a Spanish left back, but I wanted to put him in my little carriage. <laughs> 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 that, that, that day was lovely. Yeah, it's 5-0. You can't. Yeah. You, 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 you just dream about beating Norwich 5-0, don't you? But, um, no, they're, they're great games. I mean, not great when you lose, but no. when you win, that's a... It just means everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sport is fantastic. Of course fantastic it does, yeah. Fun. Great fun, great atmospheres. Yeah. I mean, with Flecky and people like that who played for Norwich, and they're good lads, but, but they brought a bit of theatre to it at that time, in that, yeah. that period, it was almost like a villain when he Joe came. Joe played as well, Joe Royal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 you know. Yeah. But derbies, derbies to be all, I think we've all played in different derbies. And I mean, I was lucky enough to play in the Everton-Liverpool derby. And, and I mean, to be honest with you, that's special. I mean, the, the, the difference I find, because I think it can get out of hand a little bit, I love the banter. I love supporting the team. And at the end of the day, you just yeah. don't want any trouble from no, it all. Of course. And the one thing that I would say, during my time on Merseyside, the, the atmosphere was electric. It was special. Derby fixtures. And this one's exactly the same. Yeah. And if they can keep it like that, it's a fantastic occasion, I, a football mean, occasion. To be fair, we've got that out bit of the game at home at the moment. Yeah, it was a great. Even whether you're winning or losing, yeah, I remember yeah. against Leeds. I remember yeah. when we conceded the second goal, and everybody stood up and, clo and clapped yeah. out our players. Mm -hmm. 
we just lost a yeah. lost a goal, yeah. and a, ma a many many crowd would clap yeah. them, yeah. saying, "Right, yeah, we've fantastic. conceded a goal. Give them the players. Let, try and lift yeah. the players straight yeah. away yeah. to go and go Incredible. back again." Nice. No, so there's it, not many crowds would it, do that. It, there's very few negative aspects yeah. about the football club at the moment. Mm. It, it's, it, look, it's like anything, isn't it? We've had 145 years of history, and you have. Highs, you have lows, yeah, you have highs. Absolutely. It goes through peaks and troughs. At the yeah. moment, we're certainly going in the right direction. You're winning. I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think one, of the th one of the things that it, it has been, you know, I had a conversation recently with a Nipsis supporter, and there has been a few years of pain, and they really are enjoying what they're seeing at the moment. And I think it's also, you know, it's the football field, of course. I think the, the manager, excellent. The manager is excellent. I think he's, he's, he's brought so many qualities to the football club. I love him with what he does on the field. I actually watch him because I always watch the mm -hmm. bench. And the, uh, the way he handles every situation with yeah. regards to the fourth official, with regards to the opposing manager or coach, the way he speaks with the players. And um, I still to this day remember when Mark Ashton invited us all in, George and Mick and Terry Butcher and Russell Osman yeah. and so many of the former players to come in and have a dinner with the manager, the chairman and the CEO. Yeah. And I thought when uh, I hadn't met Kieran before, and uh, I should have known him because he was another Irish boy. And uh, when I, I spoke with him, I was very, very impressed. Yeah. Now he was, if you remember, he was third on. I think the chairman spoke first and did a, a, yeah. an unbelievable presentation. Mark Ashton then came second and he was also very powerful. So it was, it's never easy, as we know, after dinner speaking. And he was third on. And I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. I thought the way he handled it with the players sitting in front of him, I thought he, he, we, he put a, a wonderful presentation forward. And you're nice seeing it on the pitch. I know. Well, I think it's fair to say we're in good hands at the moment. I'm going to finish because we're running out of time. But just one word to sum up Ipswich. And I know it's a difficult, especially for you, Brian, because one word is very hard for yourself, but one word to sum up Ipswich Town. Impossible. I think I, think, <laughs> I, think I would say family. George talk, talked about it, family club. And, and I think- uh, I told you one word was impossible. One word. One word? <laughs> exactly what I was gonna say, family. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. passionate football people. Go and tell them that's three words. <laughs> it's still, it's still a hundred less. I'm going to say, I'm going to say community. Community. Oh, yeah. Standards. Standards. You've said it a few times. Passion. Yeah. Yeah. Passion. Passion. Standards. Yeah. Why should you do it with one word when you can say a whole lot? And I mean, really. And you can say a whole lot. And you've seen so many, and I know you're speaking to different people. But everybody has got different stories, different words, different thoughts about the place. And at the end of the day, it's just. What a brilliant start to our two-part series. Thank you for your company on this one. On the next episode, Matt is joined by Russell Osman, Luke Chambers and current town fullback Harry Clark. We'll catch you then.